1987. My next guest uh, certainly would have been happy at uh, seeing uh, uh, fuel flights uh, kicking off after uh, over 70 days or so of a lockdown. And uh, that certainly might have had an impact on uh, their operations as they try and bring uh, much of the travel and uh, commerce uh, back uh, in line. And uh, she joins me now on the line, CEO of the Airports Company of South Africa, Mbumi Mbofu. Mbumi, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening, Ayabong, and good evening to your listeners. Thank you very much for joining us. I want us maybe to start off here, I think, for some of the people who might not be familiar with us uh, on this call uh, or familiar with uh, the work that AXA does. Let's maybe start off there. What is the work that AXA does? I mean, I did mention earlier on uh, you collect some of the taxes we see on our air tickets uh, from many of the airliners, but uh, you surely do a lot more than that. Yes, we're responsible for running, operating, maintaining, and development of uh the airports in South Africa, the designated airports owned by AXA are nine in number, um, and principally were, were the company responsible for operating them efficiently, maintaining the license to operate, which, which is issued to us, and maintaining safety standards um, in the aviation sector as the main area that provides a platform for mm. all the airlines. On a, on a normal day, Bumi, I mean, how, how many people pre-COVID, on a normal day, how many people uh, in your airports, for instance, in Cape Town and Johannesburg would be working at any given time? The number of people who would be employed. No, no, who would be on site, who would be working on site. Because, I mean, I understand a lot of them wouldn't be your employees. Some of them would be employees of some of your tenants. So I certainly understand that. But just to give us a sense of, uh, I guess, the scale of the operations uh, that have been brought to a halt here. How many people would you have just normally uh, working on any given day? I would estimate probably about 5,000 a day, let's say, in Cape Town. Okay, all right. And, and that basically hmm. is because AXA operates on a basis of partnerships with other players. So we are responsible for running, um, operating, and maintaining the airport. Mm. However, it is based on a partnership with other agencies of the state, of government, which are responsible for other areas. So we operate sure. on the crime prevention side with the SAPS, on the customs side with FAR. Um, on the health side with port health facilities, which is quite important now in the COVID environment. Mm. We operate also with intelligence uh, agencies that do the assessment of really what the threats are. Remember that AXA also operates as a, as a border uh, post. Yes. So we operate with home affairs, which is responsible for the uh, transition of mm. people going overseas. Um, and various other partners. We have ground handlers that are responsible for operating the equipment that manages uh, the ground handling part of, of, of the airport. We also have other people that manage cargo. Um, in essence, the cargo operators are mm-hmm. on our site as well as they manage the cargo that comes in and out of airports. Um, so we have many other role players in the airport at any given time that are responsible for certain elements. We have ATNS with the air traffic navigation services that's responsible for how people mm. access the open skies. We have the Civil Aviation Authority, which uh, conducts a regulatory and inspection responsibility on sites. Then we have the airlines, and mm. the airlines have a lot of employees. Sure. Well, but they are mobile most of the time outside of their 
uh, station staff that is managing the boarding uh, elements of the of the airport. Mm. And then, of course, I mean, those who would sit in the non-aviation parts of the business and the lounges. Yeah, then and all of that, then yeah. we have the restaurants and the yeah. shops and the and we have the uh, car hire places and traffic security okay. and. On land side, we've got traffic and all, all sorts of so, 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 Mbuma, I wanted you to paint that picture for us. Also, I guess, as a perfect segue into my next question, which is, uh, you know, we know under Level 4 you were doing repatriation flights and, uh, you know, some semblance of cargo uh, 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 travel as well. And we know that now with Level 3, there's been some... I guess, return to, um, you know, business flights uh, in the first instance. And I want to hear from you uh, of all of these different functions that you've mentioned, which now are back on site uh, and which of those functions have not been able to come back at full capacity. I would think that there are some that have had to come uh, with a significant capacity and others uh, that uh, probably would, would come back much later. Well, let me let me paint the picture. What Level 3 does is it allows us to operate domestic uh aviation yes and that basically at this stage we've phased it into three phases we started with the three big airports of of uh, or tambo uh king shaka in durban and uh cape town those three are operating currently we are finalizing the arrangements for, for what we call phase two which will include the other secondary regional airports um Pumalanga, Pulukwane, etc depending on the the rate at which they confirm they are Hot health uh, services because COVID really is a health-regulated operations, and we are only led principally by whether they have health staff. International is currently not operating. You would know that. That's anticipated much later. So level three only allows for domestic because international is not operating, with the exception of. Uh, as you correctly say, repatriation and evacuation flights. So we would imagine that we're very limited home affairs people. They come on site when a repatriation flight is known to be coming through. We have very little customs. There's very little work that's happening in that environment as mm. well. Some are operating to support the, the cargo, but it's it's very, very limited at this stage. Yeah, so yeah. you would imagine that... Um, from the entire ecosystem, largely the people who serve domestic are back in action. Mm. I must say that whilst we had evacuation, you would imagine that all the safety side of the airports were reduced but not shut down. So we have firefighters, we have um, all sorts of safety officers that would operate. Those were not shut down, even our security was not shut down because we had to look after the assets. We couldn't well remove the security mm. uh, from airports even if they were shut down. So what we're doing in those areas is we're now starting to ramp up on the basis of the demand of domestic flights that are coming back. So whilst we're operating the three, the reason it was important to phase it in is also to test our systems in a new COVID environment because there are significant changes in the way that we operate now post-COVID minimizing the number of touch points and also minimizing the kinds of services that we did provide before because of the requirement. For instance, we do not allow parking generally in, in, the, in the environment except for passengers. And that means a large part of our parking facilities are shut down. Mm. We will be operating on a drop-and-go basis. We don't allow meet-and-greet now 
and that means you can't take your relatives to the airport or go and fetch them. Only essentially people who are traveling are allowed into the environment. And that basically means we've had to adjust the environment, uh, create more space for social distancing, and clear the environment so that it's really safe for those that are traveling. So very limited facilities. In the commercial space, we've opened some of the most critical um, services such as uh, restaurants, not restaurants, but food outlets, which will operate on a pick-up-and-go basis as well. They are, some are back operating. The chemists are operating because we really want a supply of, of um, uh, health um, medical facility mm. provision as is necessary. But more importantly, we've introduced as well the supply of uh, what is called PPE, the protective equipment such as masks and gloves and other things. We've introduced self-service points, um, disposable points at which you can actually uh, purchase this yourself if you haven't brought your own. Um, so we've really focused on facilitating safe travel rather than going back to the pre-COVID mm. arrangement. Mm. The retail and commercial facilities will open up. So we started with the essential ones of food. And the reason why food is important is because there is a total restriction on eating inside the aircraft. So people are really encouraged, particularly if they've traveled long distance. We recognize that opening the three may mean somebody has basically traveled from Pulukwane to get a flight to go to Cape Town, and therefore providing them with food in an airport is essential. We have the space to social distance properly in the airport. They don't in the aircraft. And by definition, we've made the provision both on air side and on land side for food provision and proper waste uh, management and cleaning. We've provided for sanitization throughout the entire infrastructure just to make the journey safer for everybody. So you will see in the airport things don't look the same. Even our operations are slightly different. People are now doing quite a lot of things themselves because the intention is to reduce touch points. So you are self-checking in online. If you haven't done it at home, you check in online at the airport. We minimize contact between people. We've put up screens, you know, those bank teller type screens? Yes, yes. Uh, between the counters at boarding gates. At boarding gates, you are no longer basically being served by anybody taking your boarding pass and bringing it back to you, you are basically touching the screen with your own boarding pass and Mm. boarding yourself. So so as to minimize uh, interaction and and keep social distancing throughout. It seems, I mean, certainly that uh, this might have some clues uh, for the cost-saving conundrums for many airlines. Uh, I certainly don't see many airlines going back uh, to a full complement if uh, this is uh, seen to be working uh, in any considerable measure. Maybe my last question to you is about, I guess, uh, some of your own revenues as an entity. Uh, I mean, you're a business yourselves as the airports company of South Africa. Let's talk about, I guess, the shock that this has come with, certainly for some of your own taxes and uh, the obligations many of your tenants and airliners uh, have to yourselves as AXA. Well, let me start off by saying when COVID arrived, AXA was really in a good place. And many of your listeners would know that AXA has been a company that's been profitable, run exceptionally well. In fact, comparatively speaking, AXA has been doing well. When this came, 
And unfortunately, it came in the, and hit the aviation industry more than most industries. We've suffered quite a lot. And the issue is really going to be driven by the depressed demand that comes from aviation travel globally. And if you really want to understand that, you would know that we had a, we're standing in a very good position. Our total liabilities are $9 billion. Our total assets are $31 billion. You know, we're in a good cash position before COVID arrived. In the month of April, we saw a significant reduction in our revenues to the tune of about $400 million and every and the month that followed that. But that's not really the biggest problem. The biggest problem is, I'm sure all of you have seen headlines internationally that show what the devastating effect COVID has had globally. You've seen signs saying Virgin Atlantic is going under, this airline is shutting down, this airline is basically selling off a fleet of their aircraft, this airline is making hundreds of pilots redundant. Our estimates show that overall, over a period of about seven years, we are going to experience uh, a loss of about 50% of volumes uh, basically traveling into South Africa. And that's really comparative to the rest of the world. Europe is at minus 50.2, Asia minus uh, 56.1, America is minus 39.8, and and Africa on average is about minus 42.6. So totally, globally, there's going to be much less aviation. There are previous experiences that show this, and the previous experience includes the uh, economic downturn in 2008, mm. where it took seven years for aviation to recover. Mm. 9-11, if you recall, was the biggest security uh, threat to the aviation mm. industry. It took years to recover from that as well. Sure. So, so international aviation takes a long time yeah, to recover. Yeah. And so that's what's going to impact on our revenues going forward. We're certainly going to have to leave it there. And uh, the point is definitely well made, a sobering point notwithstanding. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. That there wasn't Pumimbo for speaking to us on Metro FM Talk.